creative friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Living Creatively with your host, Monica Parks. And Angela Dalton. This is the podcast where we discuss topics about finding, nurturing, and protecting your creativity and creative spirit. Mm-hmm. All right. So listen, guys, it is the holiday season and we are on break, spending time with family, getting those creative juices flowing, and we decided to do a flashback. So for season eight, we are flashing back to our favorite episodes of all of our past seasons. So sit back, pull out the popcorn, grab a glass of wine, and join us on this journey back to some great episodes that we have had in our past seasons. It is time to reset, and we hope you'll join us. See you soon. Hello, and welcome to Living Creatively, a podcast where we discuss topics around creativity and how to protect your creative energy. I'm co-host Angela Dalton, and this week I'm interviewing my partner in podcasting, Monica Parks. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. You know, we just wanted to take some time. We thought before, you know, we get too far into this, you probably want to know who are these two and why am I listening to them? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we want to just, like, give you a chance to get to know us a little bit better, our background, things that we like, things we don't like. So hopefully you'll get to know us a little bit better and we can get to know you as well. So. Before we get started today, Miss Monica Parks, how are you mm-hmm. doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing 2020 good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's a lot of mixture in those, a lot of layers, a lot it of notes. In that. That's, that is 2020. <laughs> I'm doing 2020 good. I'm flowing. I'm you know flowing what? right now. That is the most we can ask of anybody. It, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the basics. Where mm-hmm. are you from originally? I'm originally born in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I usually claim Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. North Kakalaki right here. <laughs> nice. Yes. Stand up, Southern Bales. <laughs> Girl, they're all like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what brought you to the Bay Area then? Uh, ooh. Short story. Uh, Basically, I was getting ready to turn 40 and I was taking inventory of my life. I had started a a lifestyle brand called Finally Loving Life. And although that didn't take off the way I thought it would then, Mm -hmm. it did force me to ask a lot of questions within myself. And one of those was like, okay, you're not really happy in the way that you're living your life currently. So what's keeping you in this space? There's no excuse, like let's adjust, let's move. And so it just really came together out the blue. And when it came together, I was at a crossroad that said, you can move now or you can roll the dice and wait a year and see if you're still in the same spot, but also if the open doors are still going to be present. And I decided to go ahead and move. So like in three months, I really like put my notice in at my job. I went ahead and sold everything. And three months later, I moved to California, sight unseen. And I just like, I'm a start in the Bay Area. And if I don't like it, then California is big. Surely there's something here. (laughs) Sight unseen. So what made you choose Bay? I mean, yeah, what made you choose Bay Area? It was literally me having, going internally and figuring out what would make me happy. What was what was it that I wasn't happy? Like why where I am right now? What is it that 
I don't have that's not making me happy. Mm-hmm. And if that can't change here, where can that change? And so I looked everywhere from international, the job at the time that I was at, you could transfer anywhere in the world. So there was places in London, there was places in Spain. So there was different places. There was a place that in Italy that was going to be opening up. So I was entertaining, possibly doing Italy. I took out it, the um, international aspect of it because my mom already lives out of the country. I didn't want to be living out of the country in some place that's further away because mm. that didn't take me towards what I wanted. I wanted to bring myself closer to something, not farther away. So um, then I started looking in the States and just looking at different places, like what fits the lifestyle and the things that I enjoy and the things that I wanted to do mm-hmm. in my life. What fit that? And for me, everybody was like, L.A., L.A. And I was like, y'all don't know me. I'm like, (laughs) it's like at those moments you realize they don't even know me. But I was like, L.A. is not it. That's Mm -hmm. not nothing wrong with L.A. It just wasn't what I was looking for in my movie. It's a whole different feel. When people think of California, there's so many different personalities from different areas of California that they're not the same. And so I was looking at the Bay Area. It was very much nature, very laid back. I call it crunchy granola, mm-hmm. which is, I feel is kind of like me, you know, a little crunchy granola. I like hiking. I like, you know, recycling. I like um, being aware of the arts, but also being very artsy in in way. I'm not um, so much on hair, makeup, full, full makeup, full outfits. Like I'm not much, I got to, I got to tinge of that in me, mm-hmm. but it's not the whole part to live in an environment that that's the whole thing. And so um, I looked at the Bay Area and I was like, this looks like this fits the lifestyle that I am I feel I'm supposed to be living in this moment. And I didn't visit. A lot of people were like, you know, you don't know anybody. You should fly out and then you should, you know, visit. And I'm like, I'm leaving in three months. Like what? What? How am I gonna spend a cross country plane round trip ticket to go there, come back, and be like, "Yep, I'm either doing this or I'm not." Right. Like I, that's just the way I felt. Either you like it or you don't. Move somewhere else. If you've got the balls enough to move in three months, then you got the balls enough to get there and be like, "Don't like this," and go somewhere else. Because I didn't. I just had two suitcases. I made sure that I sold everything, and then I had one little storage bin with all the main things like a TV, bed, or whatever like that. And I just had two suitcases. So, and I Airbnb'd everything. I didn't sign any contracts or any leases. I Airbnb'd different areas. When you got to the Bay Area. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. I Airbnb'd different places so that I could kind of test it out. Like, do I really like it? I was really in my head okay with saying, don't really like this. What else is there? Are we going up? further north or are we going down south? And me and my little two bags, we would have rolled right on over there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I was just very fortunate that the research that I did on this area and also the research I did on myself, according to really finding out what it was that I was missing and what it is that I wanted, that it really turned out well for me because this could have gone left. Absolutely. <laughs> way left. Way I, left in a little self. <laughs> way left. And I mean, like, it's so funny because you do things. It's so funny when you realize that you're moving according to what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and you're moving through a door because once that wears off, there's this, po- this, this part of me that was like, what the hell did I do? Did I just... <laughs> did I, I can't I just believe say- I did. Did I just... <laughs> 
What was I think? I mean, there are moments that I have like, girl, that could have gone left really bad. Like, so mm-hmm. I knew that it was meant for me to do it because even in my recovering from that state, I was like, okay, that was crazy. Don't advise <laughs> anybody to do that. <laughs> you know, it is always like you look back like, Ooh, if somebody asked me, if they came to me and said, hey, I'm going to do this thing, I'd be like, oh, hell no. Right. (laughs) But I did it. Yeah. You know, and one of the things you and I talk about a lot is part of success Mm -hmm. is based on or primarily because of the foundation that you have, the people Mm -hmm. you surround yourself with, Mm -hmm. right? So when you made that decision, when you made that choice, Mm -hmm. did you have people around you who were like, yes, you can do this? Or did you just have to do it? Because sometimes you just have to go it alone. I feel like anything I do is always a little bit out of the ordinary. (laughs) So anything I do, people are like, now you're going to do what now? You know, you sure that's going to (laughs) work? Do you want to invest that much in it? So I've I've gotten used to being in a place where I might not necessarily have the kind of support where people are just like, yeah, that sounds doable. It is. It's either they get that deer in headlight look, they don't want to discourage you, but at the same time, they're like, I I don't know about that one. Mm -hmm. Or you get people who are just directly saying, I don't know about that one. And in that particular move, because of where I was moving to, I had a lot of people who were just like, man, that's the most expensive place to live in. You know, you're not going to be able to afford to live there. And there's people who make real money who, you know, they can't afford to live there or they, you know, have to move from there or, you know, what are you? And and I think what scared them is because a lot of the things that they had questions like, so what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. Where are you going to live? I don't know. I mean, like, I, but that's my personality. That's why I tell people don't do what I do. (laughs) Just check in and see what you're supposed to do. Because for my personality, I'm okay. Like, I was okay with moving here and saying if, for in order for me to have a life of happiness. And that means I've got to go and either have a roommate or I have to go and live in a uh, studio apartment. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So those are things that even though I didn't know, I just, to me, I knew I was going to figure it out. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, with all these degrees and these skill sets, I need to be able to get a job. I mean, this resume is like four pages long. I should be able to get a job. So I wasn't really worried about stuff like that because I was like, that's going to play out. Tell us a little bit more about, yeah, what is your background? Like your educational background, your, your professional background to where you are today? Okay, so my degree is in biology and chemistry. Um, heavy on the bio, light on the chem. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was almost a double degree. I was one semester uh, shy, one course shy of a double degree. And people always ask me, why didn't you get it? Because it was chemistry. I didn't like chemistry that much. <laughs> and I had taken so many <laughs> chemistry classes. I was in my fall year and I had taken so many chemistry classes that, which is how I ended up on the almost a double degree, is that the only thing that was left for me was not going to be available until the following year. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't willing to wait another year just to take one course to say that I had the double degree. So I, uh, background is biology and chemistry. Um, Sorry, what did you want? Like, what did you want to be? Like, what were you thinking? Like, I'm going to get this degree because I want to be. Right. So the plan was I was going to move to Atlanta and I was going to Emory. And at first I was going to go to a physician's assistance program, which is the um, 
program that I applied and got into. And I was supposed to do that. And I had waited till the last minute. This is why college students don't wait till the last minute to do some of your stuff. I waited till the last minute to do my volunteer work. And when I did it, they put me in children's oncology and long-term child care. Oh, wow. That's heavy. It's heavy. And I, especially if you are helping children one moment and then like a month later you come in to work and they're not they're no they're not there. Yeah. They, yeah. Like not go home like they didn't make it. And that was happening a lot or you had long-term child care where people were like kids who had gotten hit by like a Mack truck or they were in a coma and you had to just go in and give them ice chips and water and you know help clean and that kind of stuff. And so I had um a day where it was just really really emotionally hard for me mm-hmm. and I remember asking a doctor and they had blew me off like you know like this little college student get out of here and I was just like man okay so I asked a nurse and I was asking them like how do you deal with this and she says oh and she said it with compassion but it was like you get used to it mm-hmm. and I and I internalized that because I'm an empath mm-hmm. I internalized that in order to do this job there's a part of yourself that you're going to have to dim down in order to be able to make it through so that you don't become so depressed and so, you know, whatever the case may be. Right, right. And I moved to Atlanta, but I didn't show up for school. <laughs> they were like, Miss Parks, are you coming? I was like, I was wondering, can we change that to um, microbiology, a, ma- a master's? In-? They were like, Miss, you can't just change that we've already accepted everything in all the courses. You can't just change to another 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 field. You can't do that. They were like, Every, everything's been accepted. And they were like, you can come back next year and try for the new course that you want to do. And by then, um, I end up getting a job working in the lab. Um, I really, really enjoyed it uh, and had a ball in it. And from there, just started working in chemistry labs, food food labs, um, and, and um, blood labs. And really enjoyed that. And I came out of that because the last science job or lab job I worked was in a blood lab. And at that time, a lot of natural disasters were starting to happen. So they needed more blood work and more blood work and Mm -hmm. more blood. And we were processing blood, but I was also training in about three or four different labs. I was the trainer in about three or four different labs. And... Doing that, it started becoming more where they were like, and we were working third shift. So it was becoming more like, okay, stay a couple of hours over first shift to help them. And then it was like, okay, every other weekend. And then it was like, okay, we're going to do once a week or twice a week. You know, it was Mm -hmm. just getting too much. Right. And I got stressed out and burned out. And I took a break and I tried other fields. I tried teaching. Um, Kudos to the teachers. Mm -hmm. That's a hard Um, job. Man, listen, I was teaching at a um, high school. And also, if you are still in your 20s and you're teaching, they are either trying to date you <laughs> or become your new best friend. <laughs> it, does, it does not work well. <laughs> and I'm like, I am your teacher. But no. <laughs> Come on, Miss Pars, let me take you out to Applebee's. But... <laughs> 
This is how you hear those. Did you find yourself? You got Applebee's money? You got, they got Applebee's money. Look, them high schoolers, they they different. But look, that's why whenever you see these shows, these uh, news stories come up about the teacher dating the students, this is why. <laughs> This is how it happens. She dating students that are close to too older. They are old enough to know what they want. And she ain't strong enough in who she is to say no. Because they be coming hard. They come hard for you. So um, I knew that high school wasn't my thing. I even tried being an assistant um, in a teaching facility with um, Montessori. And I love the Montessori method. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for me. So then eventually I took a little side note and doing something like waiting tables at a restaurant just to kind of take a break and not know what I was going to do. And I realized that what I really love and I do, again, a, a lot of check-in, a lot of my stuff comes from just checking in with myself. I did a check-in and what I really love is I love going to the spa. I love going getting spa treatments and I really wanted my own spa. And um, just happened to be waiting tables to somebody who owned their own spas, two ladies who owned their own spas. And I was talking to another servant. I was like, man, I wish I knew how they got into that. And he was like, go ask them. Shout out to Dre, wherever you are. He was like, go, he says, go ask them. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, just go ask them. And I went and asked them and they gave me like all the information. And it started with, they said they went to school to learn. Like one of them was the person that went to school to learn the behind the scenes of like massage and estheticians and all of that. Okay. And that's how I ended up going to get a massage therapist license. And I almost had my own spa. And when See, I was I in Georgia, yeah, I did. Well, I did. Even There's I'm learning people, things on this interview. <laughs> there are people who still ask me, are you ever going to do your spa? I don't know. There's, there is the vision that I have is so big that even then, because I was young, people would look at me and they're like, uh, you don't have enough background to support it. We don't know if that's going to work or they were ready to pair up with me and they were using what they thought was my lack of knowledge to create contracts where they owned it and then I could buy it back from them. Mm, And so I let the deal fall through. We had picked out the land, the whole nine. It was going to be in Georgia. Um, And I let the deal fall through and or I just went ahead and just said no to the deal. And after that, nobody would work with me because they said I just didn't have enough experience. And that's how I end up working as a massage therapist, is to gain the experience from behind the scenes as a um, spa worker. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it just so happened, I have several moments. I just get off track. You know, I just start working. And then the next thing I know, I'm training. And the next thing I know, I'm managing. The next thing I know, I'm the assistant spa director. And it's just years have gone by. And I'm now looping back around to all the years of the things that I had put into place, but I kind of got off focus and I just never implemented them to their fullest potential. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's where I am now. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, again, another thing that you and I always talk about, because we talk a lot, Mm -hmm. is about Mm -hmm. how when you, you know, I like how you're talking about, okay, I did this check-in with myself at this Mm -hmm. point. And this is what presented itself to me. And I think that's really important because that's number one, not something that's taught to people, human Mm -hmm. beings to do, especially Mm -hmm. in the United States, is to do a check-in with yourself and to listen to yourself and to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the thing that I love in your story is you didn't ask for permission or you didn't wait to get permission 
to do the things that you wanted to do, whether that right. be, you know, changing the course of your education or mm-hmm. going into, you know, this wellness and, and the spa industry and then making that move to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. you know, that is, that's amazing. And I hope, you know, that kind of shines through because again, I think as creatives, we have a tendency to wait for somebody to tell us that we can do the thing that we want to do. Yeah. Now also keep in mind, this, this is not a, this is not a, fluffy story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there there was a lot that came with those decisions. Um, when I decided to leave the science field and go into something that was a little bit more creative, my dad was, he was not the happiest. He's like, you're leaving this job for to do what? You know, <laughs> yes. he was he was not the happiest. Um, yeah. And m- my parents' background, I, I feel like I'm a little bit of both. My dad was um, um, an engineer, Mm, and mm. He, later in life, he then taught chemistry. And so he was a science side of things. And my mom was the artist. You know, we would have like these statues, clay statues that are like the size of a toddler that were sitting around our house. And I didn't know until later on in life when I you know, tipped one over and I saw her initials in it and realized that she was an artist um, and they met in college like that. So there's a lot of things that my mom looked at and was just like, yeah. Then my dad was like, what? You know, like he just didn't get it. So you have those kinds of things. And then you're also bucking against the system of picking up and moving. There, It wasn't like a send-off, like a congratulatory send-off. I did have, like my job was very supportive and they sent me up, um, you know, gave me a party. But there were a lot of friendships that were not happy. There were a lot of um, relationships, I should say, because it wasn't just my friends. There was a lot of relationships that were just like, so you're just going to move further away? Like, you have to be secure enough in yourself to know that your own personal happiness is so important that it's worth making somebody else unhappy and even angry and being okay with it. And I had to just deal with it. Like, I just was just like... I just, I sat here for years for y'all and I'm not happy and I can't be somewhere so you can be happy. I got to be somewhere so I can be happy. And if you want to come along, great. But if not, then that was a great season, Mm -hmm. but I I have to move forward. So I just say that because I think that a lot of people find out like she did this and she did this, like, don't get out there and get the, you know, get the, uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. Because you don't know the, uh, let me tell you, this was not a story of just like, yes, and this and that. No, there was, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of uh, hashing out some old stuff that would come up that, that pulled a lot of stuff up to the surface that also needed to be dealt with as well. So just don't want to give a glam Mm-hmm. point of view of this and then people are like see this person did this and then you're wondering why it doesn't feel good because this is not a feel-good story this is just a let's get to a place where you can feel good but on the way there it's going to be some stuff that doesn't feel good absolutely I mean it's part of the struggle right mm-hmm. it, it's, it's part of that journey the piece of the journey that makes it worth it mm-hmm. it's hard to go through it but yeah. again when you look back you also start to understand why you had to go through oh yeah those pieces or those moments or those you know conversations right yeah um so before we go too far um and, and again I want to say thank you for sharing that because it is hard mm-hmm. to 
share the the bad parts of mm-hmm. your own, you know, coming up story. Mm-hmm. There's a part of you as human beings we just like wanna like let's just put that in mm-hmm. in the chest, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. back in the storage container yeah. with the luck, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you you sharing that because because you're right, we don't get to see a lot of um, the bad parts of people's success right. and, 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 um, and why and how that formed to where they are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we go too far off, I, I want to get into the creative side of Monica, <laughs> okay, which is the jewelry making, because that's mm-hmm. actually how you and I became friends mm-hmm. was through Instagram. Mm-hmm. That and- damn Instagram. <laughs> Monica had her own jewelry, but still has her own jewelry Mm -hmm. business. And I just happened to come across her and she made these beautiful bands, um, Mm -hmm. ring bands. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it might have actually happened. um, It was like two years before we were going to uh, my husband and I were going to be moving to California. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to message this woman and see if she Mm -hmm. can make me a band. And it turned out so beautiful. It's so Mm -hmm. great. Um, so let's talk about the jewelry. How did you get into that? Okay. Um, well, it's it is it's like the pickup of the finally loving life. It's it's all these are anything that is big as far as like brands. These were also points where I had a major, major, um, a major like bad thing that had happened in my life, mm-hmm. and. Um, Finally, Loving Life was the lifestyle that I wanted to create a community off of. And that happened in a place where I was going through moments where I would, if I lost this job and then I lost my home and then I lost, man, I lost everything. I lost the dog and the cat. Like, and that's not even playing around. Like, I literally lost everything. And so that's the reason why Finally Loving Life came about because I realized that I couldn't control the ups and the downs and I was tired of going up and down with it. And I was like, I got to figure out how to enjoy this life or at least have a peace in this life regardless of whether it's good or it's bad. And that became like my, basically my slogan was basically learning how to love life, whether you have tears in your eyes or a smile on your face. Hmm. It's celebrating all of it. So that was that part. Well, the next time I had a big major thing was when my dad passed away just suddenly out the blue. And uh, three days later, I was supposed to be flying out to visit him. And I found myself um, at his home during a major holiday cleaning up all of his stuff. And it was, you know, packing stuff up, trying to decide what to throw out and everything like that. Wait, were you packing up by yourself? I was by myself because it was a holiday. It happened suddenly. I was supposed to be spending the holidays with him and it happened suddenly. Um, At that point, everybody had already made plans to go with family. And so they were out. So I was home. Yeah, I was um, there in the apartment in his condo packing stuff up. And um, in that moment, I remember thinking when I was flying back home, I wish I had a place like the spa I wanted to create. And then as I was landing, I was like, I wish I had a community like the community with Finally Loving Life I wanted to create. And I wasn't in a mindset to do any of those things, to work on them, to pick them back up. And I remember going to this um, stone store 
because I had finally got out the house. People were like, you need to get out the house. Finally went to the stone store, and I remember everything felt like it came alive, like I could feel everything. And I started picking up stones, and I started spending time because I took a sabbatical off from work um, and was just like to be able to heal. And Because I, I had gotten in a bad way. Um, I was having breakdowns, anxiety. Uh, my hair was falling. Like I was dealing with a lot. Because there was a lot that had that I can't go into that centered around my father's passing, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was something that I had to deal with for over the course of a year. Absolutely, yeah. And so um, I just wasn't in the place. And when you're working in the spa industry, crying over some, on somebody's back while you're giving a massage is not an option. <laughs> like that's not good advertisement to come back and see me again. So, <laughs> so I thought that it would be better for myself. And the people who were paying their good heart, hard-earned money to come and get a relaxation type of thing and not be sitting there like, girl, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Like, that's not what that's not what they paid for. And these are regular clients. I mean, so it's not like strangers, but still, that's not what they paid for. This is not what they were here for. So I was like, you know what? I need to take a sabbatical. And so I, was, I wasn't like having to go to work and all that stuff. Um, I end up taking time off and... Uh, started doing a lot of things with chakras and learning about color therapy and learning about how to be able to balance your mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. And plus working in the sci- in the spa industry, of course, I also knew the things that I was doing there. And I remember I was picking up a shift and I re- wanted to take my stone with me. And I was like, but I can't put it in my pocket. I can't figure out. So I had made this little makeshift um, bracelet. Um, not bracelet, necklace, a little okay. makeshift necklace out of this stone. And I went to work and one of the massage therapists, he was like, where'd you get that from? And I was like, oh, I made it. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah. He's like, man, he's like, do you think you could make one for like my my sister? He was like, she would love this. And I was like, yeah, I'll make you one. And I said, just give me the money for the stone. And then another day I picked up and I was wearing, um, I had made something else with a stone, another stone that I wanted to be able to take with me. And somebody else was like, wow, that's really pretty. Where'd you get your stones? And I told them and they were like, but did they come with the bracelet thing? And I was like, no, I said, I make that. And they were like, oh, could you make me one? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll make you one. And so then I realized that I wasn't the only person who feels a connection with Mm -hmm. stones and the colors and being connected to Mother Earth, but also like... Like having that desire of being able to wear it. So I looked at um, the creation of what is sacred, which is sacred by Monica Parks, which is my jewelry line, but it has grown into more of a combination of the things that were also with Finally Loving Life. So it's more of apparel and home goods. It's things that I wanted um, to be able to say, if you've learned the core practices and the core community of finally loving life and you hold that part sacred, there are certain things that you want to have that kind of remind you, whether it's a picture on the wall, whether it's a journal, whether it's a pillow, whether it's a, t- a shirt, a t-shirt, or whether it's a piece of jewelry. So sacred became the merchandise line that said, if you enjoy this, this is something that you can take with you, that you can look at, mm. that you can hold on, that kind of reminds you of while you're sacred or while you're loving life, but also it will help you implement those things. They're Mm -hmm. reminders as well. So that's where I got into doing the sacred line as well as the finally loving line. One is the lifestyle and the other is the merchandise line of the lifestyle brand. And where can people find that again? Find both uh, both of them? 
so Finally Loving Life, uh, that's finallylovinglife.com. That's the website. So that's all things lifestyle. It isn't a purchase of anything. It's just something that I wanted to create a community that says if you're needing anything positive, if you're needing positive content, if you're needing um, inspiration, if you're needing self-care, if you're needing um, quotes, if you're needing recipes, it's um, basically leading a healthy lifestyle, but it's also keeping it real in a way that I also write so it's also talking about if you're feeling depressed, these are things that you can think of. If you're feeling down or you're feeling lonely, this is things that you can think of. So it's kind of like a space that you can be able to go. Um, I call it a sacred space because mm-hmm. those are my words. Um, it's a sacred space that you can be able to go. So the website is finallylovinglife.com. And then on Instagram, it is finally loving life wellness. And then uh, sacred, which is my creative outlet. Uh, if you're wanting to be able to see the shirts that I design, the mugs, those are the only home goods things that I'm doing at the the moment is the mugs. And then I'll work into later, but the shirts and the mugs, and then also my jewelry, I have sacredbymp.com, which is my website. And then Shop Sacred by Monica Parks, which is my Instagram. Yeah, and they're both very beautiful sites. So I definitely recommend our listeners to go and check them both out. You Thank know, if you. you're searching, oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're searching for inspiration and aspiration, you mm-hmm. know, definitely you can find that there. And then the, you know, you know, I have my favorite mugs. I've got my favorite, <laughs> my favorite yeah. uh, shirts designed by Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great and inspirational and aspirational um, goods and products and, and ideas and tips. So definitely go there. Um, which leads me to today okay. and Living Creatively podcast. Yes. What made you want to jump on this endeavor with me? <laughs> well, come on. We're going to keep it real with the people now. <laughs> we, okay. didn't just, we didn't just jump on. Like you, You've been asking me about this podcast for about a good year. And I was just like, girl, I don't know how I can fit this in. And it's not that I didn't want to do it, guys. It's just understand that... I have a habit, which I'm trying to break that. I have a habit of getting into something and I'm all in and I forget the part of myself that's the creative aspect that's supposed to be in first place. Mm -hmm. And then I move it down the line. And I had gotten to the place where I had was working, like I would leave my house at 8 a.m. and wouldn't get home until 7 p.m. And that was five days a week. So it was just in this position, I was working my way from the spa manager to the assistant spa director, and it just was not that time. And so when the pandemic happened, I end up losing my job. And, you know, she gave me a little time, but she pulled in and she was like, so, um... (laughs) Is it too soon to ask if you can do the podcast? (laughs) And I was like, I mean, I'm not busy. I might be able to work it in my schedule now, being unemployed and all. How about now? (laughs) How about now? How about now? (laughs) So it worked in her favor. It really did. And what really happened is that I really looked at what I've been able to look in this time that we've been dealing with this this year. As I've been able to look, because there was a part of me that was like, wait a minute, we're doing this again? Like I'm having another, how many ahas do I need? Am I that, am I that hard headed? Like, what am I missing here? And I started looking at the common thread. I started looking at the common thread, which was that everything that I do is community based. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do is creating some type of a space that a group of people can feel safe, heard, and seen. 
And that has been what I wanted with Finally Loving Life. That's the point behind Sacred. And that's what got me on board with the Living Creatively. And it's like um, the way that I tell um, different creatives when they are getting ready to join our Living Creatively podcast Instagram page. They, you know, when they're like, I'm really looking forward to your mission. I can't wait for you guys to get the podcast out. And what I'm telling them is I'm telling them this is a space that we're committing, we're, we're making mm-hmm. for creatives. That is a community base where you can share, you can engage, you can learn, you can have fun, but you can feel accepted. You can feel included. And it's a safe, sacred space for you. And the podcast to me is the audio version of that. I feel like we're engaging, we are informing, we are sharing, we are having a uh, fun time with each other, but we're also creating a space where people can also say, you know what, I need an illustrator. Let me go over here because this is the creative page and I can find an illustrator with the people who I'm in a community with. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I need someone who uh, makes jewelry and let me go over to this creative page so that I can be able to find um, who makes jewelry. I, I, it's, it's that creative space, that sense of community. And that's what really got me on board was being able to say, okay, this lines up with where I, who I am, which is a person who likes to create community bases that help people and also give them a space that is their go-to. When they're thinking of anything artistic, this will be the place where they're like, you know what? I might not, I know other places I can go get a little of this, a little of this, a little of this, but I know with Living Creatively, I can put their podcast on play. I can go visit their Instagram page. And it's everything that I need or am looking for is pretty much in this one place. And that's what I that's what I really love about our podcast and the community that we're building. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. good. So well, mm-hmm. I'm glad to share this space with you. I'm mm-hmm. saying things. So thank you for trusting me and yeah. going on this crazy ride and being patient with me. Mm-hmm. Um Because I think for me, just really quickly, I, uh, high school, college, even now, like in this new career, Mm -hmm. I don't like clicks. Mm -hmm. I've always had a hard time with clicks Mm -hmm. and not because I like, you know, there were some clicks that I would just, I was never going to be a part of. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but then there were other clicks that like I was part of it, but I'd be surrounded by other people who would shut other people out. And I'm like, that is just not how I roll. That is not how I want to be. And, you know. So I appreciate that you understood that also, like mm-hmm. you have a very inclusive mm-hmm. uh, spirit. And also for my listeners, just so you know, this is my like my long term uh, goal is to get Monica used to talking to Uh-oh. a mic Where's this because she's one of the funniest people that I know. <laughs> you probably have already picked that up if you've listened to not only this this segment, but other episodes. <laughs> Funniest person that I know. And I know I'm not the only one who who shares this belief, but I think she should be a stand-up comedian. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. So this is my my slow, slow, no. long tail uh, mission to get no. her into comedian. It'll happen. It'll no. Happen. <laughs> you don't understand. What's crazy is I have had friendships. I am determined. <laughs> oh, you will not be the first one. I have had friends in the past. And they're either they're still friends or they're friends from the past. Mm-hmm. And none of them know each other. But every last one of them, there's all that was that one person is like, man, you should be a comedian. Uh-huh. Like you should be a comedian. I had a group of friends that I had to always ask, where are we going? Because they used to joke too much that one day they're going to pull up to an open mic night <laughs> at comedians. And I was like, no, you, you guys don't understand. Nobody's trying to hear me. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm serious. 
This is serious here. But you are. That's the thing. You don't try, and that's what makes you funnier. It takes practice. And no, no. you'll get so much practice from this podcast. I can't wait. So anyways, moving on. <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> so you have been so kind in sharing your struggles um, with, uh, with myself and the listeners. And I appreciate that honesty and openness. It takes a lot. It's, bra- it's a lot of bravery to do Thank that. Thank you. Um, but so I want to ask you specifically, you know, are there routines or things that you do to help you kind of get unstuck or to help you get inspired when you are struggling? Mm-hmm. You shared a couple things, but I kind mm-hmm. of just want to, you know, put it into one space of what that looks like for you. Okay. Well, well, you know, just like I said, you know, and we've said before that we've shared this well, so I can give you an example of it more so because this is basically, it's literally all I do is to check in. And I think it's probably, I keep saying that and people are like, oh, I get it, I get it. But no, I don't think people get it because I don't think people either know how to check in or they're just not used to what what that is. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? So for me, if I'm having a stuck moment creatively, which I, I do often... I look at it as you've got too much in your head and you need to you need to release some of that. Mm. So I start unpacking and from the surface down and I'm like what is bothering you right now? And it can be something like I've been saying I was going to wash the clothes for the last 2 weeks and it is getting on my last nerve and it's like okay so let's wash the clothes. Right. And then the other thing rises to the surface and it's like, okay, well, here's the other thing. I don't like it when da 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 happens. And you're like, okay, well, that's not something that you can change. That's just the way the world is. Why does it make you feel that way? Well, because in my past, ah, oh, okay, well, let's deal with that. And then I'll deal with that. And then I'll wait for the next thing. And the thing is, is that you deal with that to to a point where if anything's left or if there's nothing left that you're okay with it, you're like, okay, I feel lighter. What happens is then whatever it is that you were wanting to do, it has room now to take space in your head. Mm -hmm. It has room to kind of show up. So then all of a sudden, because you're not angry about this and vexed about that, you're now open to being able to focus on other things that have been there all the time. So now you're able to see colors and you're able to see uh, things going on outside your window and you're able to focus on magazines and focus on books and really take that information in. And then your brain is able to take that and being like, oh, have you ever thought about mixing this metal with this metal? Or, ooh, that's interesting. Have you ever thought about doing this and this? Or what about this dance move? Have you ever thought about going up, down, two-step? Because you're now able to, you have space now Mm -hmm. to be able to focus on those things. For me, that's how one of the ways that I am able to get unstuck is finding out why am I stuck in the first place? Because usually it has nothing to do with creative. It's all the other junk that I've picked up and I haven't let off and I need to let it go. And then the other way that I do is because um, I'm visual as well as um, my sensories are um, to see and to hear. So for me, I really love music. Um, Mm -hmm. I really look at whether I need to um, hear different type of musics, whether I'm in a like knuck if you buck kind of mood or <laughs> or if I'm in a... <laughs> I love that. That's where you went. Okay. <laughs> or if I'm in a like a spa, like, you know, want to hear some whales and some, you know, you know, some... You know, like some of those things. 
<laughs> it just depends. <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're trying to figure out where you are. And I can just zone out and create. Those are the best moments. And then there's times when I'm like, I just need quiet because there's been too much going on. So mm-hmm. I need quiet and that helps. And then there's times when I need visual. And that's where I, color therapy comes in, where I'm looking at chakras and dealing with the colors and how they affect the uh, mental and physical state. Um, I might be looking at fashion because fashion does really play a big part in um my being able to design, not because of what people are wearing, but just looking at how designers have came up with mixed patterns and fabrics and colors. And it may, it the way that I look at it, it then interprets into shapes and colors of stones and colors mm-hmm. of metals. Mm-hmm. So that is me sometimes getting and enjoying other people's creativity will also help me be able to then tap into my own. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful and brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, okay, so we are getting close to time. Uh oh. But before we go, a couple okay. of fun questions. Not that they no. all haven't been fun questions, but <laughs> uh, just get to know Monica just a little bit deeper. Who is okay. Monica? So, what's one TV show or movie you watched in 2020 that you cannot stop thinking about, talking about, shouting about? It has moved you in some way, shape, or form. Um, mine is not really a movie or a TV show. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to go, what's going to happen with the movie industry because I am a big movie person, mm-hmm. but I love going to the theaters. And right now, that's just, I don't know if it's never going to be again or if it's just temporary. But for me, I, the part, uh, I realized that a part of the things that I loved about movies was going to the theaters. Um, Usually at home, I'm pretty much more kind of, I don't really look at a lot of TV or a lot of TV shows. I have picked up YouTube shows. Oh, Um, okay. And one that I, I can't say the show is more of the brand and the person and what he seems to be doing right now. And I think that I am really getting in tune and attached to him and what he's doing is because I like the mission that it serves. It's, it seems like it pairs up, and that's um, Kev on stage. I think his name is Kevin Fredericks and his oh, wife, yeah. Melissa Fredericks. Yeah, I know. Oh, yes. And he is just creating this platform where I think at the time comedians obviously couldn't go and do their tours. And just watching his platform change from him going out and doing tours to now he has created his own space where he created a social distance comedy thing. But it's not even that. It's the fact that he has created space for all of his friends. He's like, oh, you do this? Okay, creating a show for this. Oh, you do this? Creating a show for this. And they have created like shows that are for everything that you want, whether it's just a bunch of people getting on and just Zoom and just talking and it's comedians or whether it's a skit show or whether it's um, like a game show. Like within his platform, he's created all these different things. And literally, I can just go and watch the things that he's producing and he's introducing me to other people that I normally would not have known about. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm watching their stuff too. And it's just, it makes me think like, this is the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to build up these communities and you're supposed to put your people on yeah. and then let their creative shows and come out. So that's the thing that I've really been thinking. My big thing is a show called Here's the Thing. Here's that. The- 
It's called Here's the Thing, and they talk about things, whether it's uh, things that have shown up on Instagram, things that have shown up on news, and they're giving their opinion. And it's with Kev on stage and That Chick Angel, and both of them are comedians. So it's very funny, too. And I look forward to that show, like every single time. And then there's another show that they did called Bold and the Beautiful, because their chemistry is so great that what they did is they they put their spouses in the mix. So it's Kev on stage and his wife, Melissa, and Kev's bald. And then, of course, Melissa's the beautiful. And then that chick, Angel, who's the comedian, her husband, and um, he's bald. So it's called The Bald and the Beautiful. <laughs> and to oh, see cute. these to see these two couples together, you look, you were, they are like best friend couples as if they, you just saw this soulmate couples come together and it's just so entertaining to watch them and it's so fun to watch them. And then just to hear them um, do different things, whether it's review TV shows and the different episodes and their take on it or their travel and they're going as a couples and they're doing like Napa and they're, you know, vlogging it and everything. So that's been my thing. That's that's the things that I've really watched. I love watching anything that's bringing community together. That's my new thing. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Well, I had another question for you, last question for you, but I'm going to pivot. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Favorite word of the of the year. Um, and even though you've elevated above <laughs> TV shows, <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to run the tape back because I did not say elevate. That was not my. That was not my words. We'll do a listen back. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I do know one of your favorite shows mm-hmm. is Girlfriends. Oh yeah, it you did come so, on Netflix. I have not known anybody as happy as you when it came listen. back on Netflix. It was um, a whole moment. Yep. So, given that's your favorite movie, mm-hmm. or sorry, TV show, mm-hmm. which one are you? Joan, Maya, Tony, Ooh. or Lynn? Girl, it depends on the day. And I'm so excited to hear your answer because I have I have something in my head, but I'm like, I oh, know. <laughs> it really depends on the day because there's times I look at Joan and I'm like, girl, been there. <laughs> and then there's times at Tony and I'm like, ugh, I've been there too, you know. And then there's mm-hmm. times I look at Lynn and I'm like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> so trying to think of who I've been, I guess the only person I haven't been Maya. So I think who have I been the most? I think I was more Tony when I was younger. Ooh, okay. Um, And I think uh, I'm going to have to say I'm like Joan. Yes! Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, yeah. I, I I found more moments where I was just like, huh, girl, let that go. Can't you see? And I'm just like, oh, that's me. <laughs> see, I thought, well, okay, if I'm going to be honest, I thought you were a good mix between Joan and Lynn, actually. Yeah, I was like, and then Lynn, bless her heart. She just, yeah, she out in the wind. But she's always trying something cool and always. different and new and like and a lot of it and a lot of it. It's like, girl, what you doing this week? Well, this week I'm making cups. What you doing this week? This week I'm making t-shirts. What you doing? Look, I do a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, but that's why we love you. That's why we love you because you're always trying something new. Mm-hmm. So. Uh well thank you again for Wait a minute, wait a minute. What, Why'd you what? think I was Joan? Oh, uh, because I think to your point, like she 
Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we ain't gonna just skippity bat bat past that. <laughs> because, like, Joan has, like, she has her stuff together. You know, she's, like, the mom of the group. She, mm-hmm. like, takes care of everybody. Mm-hmm. She, like, I mean, like, um, some of my favorite episodes are, like, when it's, like, a holiday because mm-hmm. of how Joan gets into it. Like, right? Like, a little right. like, a little cringy, if we're going right. to be honest. <laughs> right. And so those are, like, the qualities that remind me of you. A little cringy. Y'all see how she loved me, right? That's all right. Monica loves her some traditions, and it's adorable. Mm-hmm. It's you adorable. Like, y'all, y'all, like the, y'all like those gifts. Y'all know I, I be paying attention. I give good gifts, y'all. Monica gives amazing gifts. She was my friend first. So anybody <laughs> on this podcast, line right. up. Monica gives amazing gifts. <laughs> it's a superpower. No, I mean, all the good qualities about Joan. Like, she's just very, very... Uh, her she treats her friends like family mm-hmm. and that's yeah. how i feel like you've treated me like family mm-hmm. yeah so that's yeah. why because okay. you're my sister mm-hmm. okay <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so well, again thank you for you know jumping on this journey with me being a yes. part of it saying yes mm-hmm. after a couple nudges little gentle mm-hmm. reminders um mm-hmm. i'm really excited for how this is coming together i'm excited to do this with you and see me where too. it goes yeah um so and also you know thank you big thank you to our listeners and yes and friends and family and supporters for mm-hmm. um listening and sharing and, and lifting us up and Hopefully, you know, we're building that community that we've Mm -hmm. always envisioned. And so I'm glad to be, um, you know, involved in that as well Mm -hmm. and meeting new people and new Mm -hmm. other creators. So thank you again. And, and, you know, that concludes this episode of Living Creatively. And this is your host, Angela Dalton and Monica Parks. Remember, you can also connect with us on Instagram at Living Creatively Now. The Living Creatively podcast Facebook page and on our website, thisislivingcreatively.com to subscribe or to send us questions that you'd like us to answer or advice that you may need as a fellow creative. Thank you for joining us and being a part of our Living Creatively community. Take us out, Monica. Always remember to protect your heart, protect your mind, and protect your gift. Until next week. Bye. Bye.